If dogs are man's best friends, what does that make grim? I know. I'm sure we all know. Welcome to Vale. A boat was spotted off the shore of the island of Patch today. When performing a routine patrol, the island's lighthouse keeper, Amara Yuri, spotted a dark object on the horizon. This in and of itself is not wholly remarkable, but rather it seems to be circling the island, over and over again, like the ticking hand of a clock. Upon secondary glance through a pair of binoculars, Amara was able to confirm that the dark object was indeed a ship. However, the name and nature of this vessel remains unknown. She has been unable to ascertain the name of this vessel or whether it has any passengers aboard. Hearing this, it's difficult not to jump to gruesome conclusions, as we have all heard the stories of what happens to ships that venture too far away from our shore. The ocean is vast and deep and terrible, and the creatures that lie within its icy cerulean waves still remain a mystery. For those who are lucky enough to leave their slumber undisturbed anyway. According to the latest report, Amara was in the process of starting a small fire at the top of the lighthouse to see if smoke signals could be used in lieu of Morse code. I'm no expert in nautical protocols, but I don't think prompting crewmates in the middle of a large body of water to light a fire on their only means of transport is a smart idea. Miss Yuri's attempts at making contact aside, what could this vessel circling the idle shores of Patch be? No reporter has had the courage to brave the unnervingly isolated lighthouse to uncover its mysteries. Merlot? When Riley gets back from break, let them know that they've got an assignment waiting for them. We'll report back on this story momentarily. Local entrepreneur Robin Egg has announced his most recent venture. Egg's previous attempts at permeating the small business world have been anything close to successful, but promises that this time will be different. Today, Egg presents a grim petting zoo out near the open-air market downtown. They have not revealed how they captured the grim in question, but says this all-ages attraction is ready to welcome its first guests. They do advise that any citizens that come to see these creatures of darkness keep their emotions in check at all times. No lashing out in negativity, being scared, or ultimately having a bad time. If emotional outbursts like these can be contained, this looks like both an opportunity for parents to have a pretty quiet day out for once, as well as an opportunity to observe the creatures of Grimm in their natural habitat of solid barred steel cages. Patty Bertioler, the author of the best-selling series Ninjas of Love, will be the guest of honor at the grand reopening of Tuxen's Bookshop on the 31st of this month. The new proprietor of the store, the old man who is everywhere, is reportedly a big fan of both the series and Bertioler's work in general. 
Though most famous for the Ninjas series, Bertioler's literary achievements include the award-winning fantasy series Wanderer of the Wasteland, Crimson, and of course her multiverse magnum opus, The Shadow Spire. When asked about her thoughts about the grand reopening of the store, Bertioler gave reporters a wistful smile. Tuxen was a good man and an even better friend, she said. He helped me get my start, often encouraging people to check out my work long before I had a hit, certainly long before anyone knew me by name. Tuxen didn't think of himself as a book salesman. Rather, he always seemed to think he was just watching over these books until they found a good home. He may be gone, but it warms my heart knowing his store is still a place filled with stories just waiting for the right person to come along. I hope I can do my part in making this grand reopening a success. Bertioler will be at the store signing autographs and taking pictures with fans from 12pm to 4pm. A portion of all the books sold that day will be donated to the H.C. Anderson Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to fostering creative writing programs for young adults. So go on down to Tuxins to make sure these books find a forever home. The loss of the CCT was a step back in how we communicate with each other. But editor-in-chief of the Vale Tribune, Kelly LaRue, has announced a new way to receive news on the go with your scroll. This new system does not rely on any airborne data distribution or information broadcast. Instead, LaRue has developed a proprietary system of small, adhesive pieces of paper placed over the screen in order of a story. Anyone interested in contributing to the future of news media are already signed up, and shipments of paper should be arriving to your homes momentarily. Artists are requested to report immediately to the Vale Tribune for an exciting opportunity to showcase your talents to the community and break into a new world of illustration. All artists will be credited, but no pay will be provided. We finally heard back from Riley regarding the unknown vessels circling the island of Patch. Their instincts told them to set out for an interview at the lighthouse with Miss Yuri to see if her expertise could provide any additional insight to the mystery literally circling the island. After aiding her in extinguishing the smoke signal fire, which had spread to a significant portion of the lighthouse itself, our new reporter sat down with Miss Yuri to discuss the matter. Miss Yuri gave her professional opinion. I wasn't certain at first. When I initially spotted the ship, all I could make out was that it was headed south. It eventually left my line of sight, but after enough hours, sure enough, it reappeared. It left my line of sight again, and sure enough, it reappeared once more. It's circling the island, and it's unmistakably getting closer to the shore. Riley further inquired whether Miss Yuri had been able to make any additional observations about the vessel or its potential crew. Miss Yuri simply shrugged, reiterating that if there was a crew, they hadn't responded to her smoke signals. However, the name of the ship has finally become visible as it began making its sixth rotation around Patch. The vessel's name revealed itself to be the Harbinger. Just as Riley was going to ask a follow-up question, good instincts there, Riley, Miss Yuri's face allegedly grew very dark. The Harbinger, it seemed, is a name that Miss Yuri has not heard in a long, 
long time. The following is a reminder that a new curfew has been enacted by the Vail City Council for all children 17 years of age and younger. The curfew comes as a result of the late-night accosting of elderly resident Jasper Bogg in an attempt to lick him. For the sake of the story, I have to report that Jasper is a toad faunus, and the young folk responsible for this act were under the impression that Mr. Bog released hallucinogenic toxins from his skin. There has been a long-standing rumor that said toxin, when ingested, could elicit various effects similar to illegal drugs. When reached for comment, Jasper croaked, It's always something with this generation. They always want something from us old folk, something that'll make them lazier. Now I may have had a few romps in the swamps back in my day, but I left it all there. Nothing but a good law-abiding life for me. Yup, yes sir, laws, and following them. The laws, that's me. He then proceeded to reference both himself and Laws for the next few minutes in a way that local reporters referred to as codgerly. I for one am glad that there are rules in place. Sometimes the younger members of our society have to learn the hard way that pressing against other members of society with various body parts without their permission is objectively wrong. Make sure to ask before approaching someone to lick them next time. And now, a word from our sponsor. Do you have an item that you wish could fire bullets? Make it a gun. Have you ever wanted to convert regular household items into defensive weapons? Make it a gun. Favorite broom? Gun. House pet? That's a gun right there. Front door? Wide gun. Come on down to Slate Ruger's Gun Conversionary today. They work while you wait, take walk-ins, and offer payment plans to fit your needs. Why, they've even made this advertisement a go- It's time now for another edition of Bite-Sized Beacon, our segment meant to fill the gap lost by the fall of our local Lernatorium. Lernatorium isn't a word. That is not today's lesson. Today's topic is biology. In a world where danger could strike at any moment, it is important for you youngsters out there to understand how your senses work to understand the world around you. So we'll be unpacking how the human eye helps perceive visual information. For most human and faunus alike, eyes work much like a camera, although for some faunus the process could vary. For the sake of simplicity, we'll touch on the basics. First, light enters the eye through the cornea. From there, it passes through the pupil. Fun fact. The amount of light passing through is regulated by the iris, or the colored part of your eye. Once through the pupil, the light then hits the lens, which focuses light rays onto the retina. The retina is the light-sensitive nerve layer that lines the back of the eye, where the image appears upside down. Isn't that kooky? Your eye is constantly viewing the world from an inverted, distorted view. At this point, the optic nerve carries signals to the visual cortex, which then flips the image right side up inside your brain. Can you guess what the most important thing to remember is about this process? Time. This entire process takes time for your brain to understand what your eyes have seen. 
It takes mere milliseconds, but every fraction of a heartbeat could be the difference between life and death, between seeing a foe and succumbing to them. Knowing this is not just important for comprehending the dangerous world we live in, but it's also fundamental to understanding that the present is an illusion. At any given moment, what you see is not the world around you as it is. Rather, it is the world around you as it was. Every time you open your eyes, you are staring perpetually into the past, into a world that is no longer there, putting not only the future out of reach, but the here and now as well. The present is something we can never truly know. Forever out of sight, forever beyond our senses and our understanding. Forever out of grasp. Isn't science wacky, kids? This has been Bite-Sized Beacon. Professor Peach will no longer be offering archery classes in Emerald Park. Despite her time as a huntress, she never in fact used a bow. Apparently, her weapon of choice was a corsac called the Red Dahlia, which is arguably the direct opposite of anything resembling a bow. Any and all former students with medical bills accrued from injuries sustained at these classes have waived the right to charge Professor Peach for those alleged injuries. When reached for comment, Peach sustained the legal precedent of no-take-backsies before running off into the opposite direction. Don't let this dissuade you from learning a new trade, but instead get you to practice with no restriction of class hours. Let's see those arrows fly. No need to be alarmed, everyone. It may seem like we're experiencing technical difficulties, but that's just the sound of Riley. For our newer listeners, Riley is a recent geist hire thanks to the Center of the Advancement of Human Grim Relations. We're still figuring out ways to easily communicate with them without possession, but it sounds like their current vocal choice is a shortwave radio. Luckily, I took shortwave radio back in school and can translate for all of you. Boat. Not. Circling. Boat. Again. Very. Fast. Straight. Ahead. Lighthouse. The Harbinger has broken its circular course and is headed straight for the lighthouse. Citizens, if you are listening to us from the coast, please get away from the direct vicinity of the lighthouse facing towards Patch. Designated Lien, Uniform, Nevermore, Autumn, Riley, Riley! Citizens, we seem to have lost connection with our reporter. We will do everything we can to re-establish contact. But, while we do, let's take a look now at the weather.
Listeners, I apologize if my abrupt transition to the weather caused you any alarm. I want to assure you that Riley is alive and well. As alive and well as an incorporeal sentient being working for minimum wage can be. We were able to re-establish contact with our team at the lighthouse, and they were able to, if you pardon the expression, illuminate the situation for us. As Riley attempted to contact the station, Miss Yuri took the opportunity to attempt a brighter smoke signal, this time with the Schnee Dust Corporation's hot seller, the Tinderbox, which is to say, a highly fragile fire dust crystal. The blaze erupted at a much expected pace from the particular product than the previous signals made the old-fashioned way, so Riley abruptly cut off communication to assist in containing the inferno once again. Though they were able to extinguish the flames a second time, there was still the matter of the vessel to attend to. The ship known as the Harbinger continued straight toward the lighthouse at an accelerated rate. It was only a matter of time before the ship came fully into view, surprising everyone with more than its acceleration. The ship did indeed have a crew, not a ghastly gang of undead specters, nautical ne'er-do-wells, or malicious bandits with nefarious intent. Instead, when the Harbinger finally reached shore, our reporter was met with a modest crew wearing uniforms identical to that of the Patch Tourism Authority. The PTA disembarked the ship and immediately made inquiries regarding Miss Yuri and the lighthouse's well-being. As it turns out, the Harbinger is the first ship in the Authority's experimental glass bottom boat fleet. Ever since the fall of Beacon, tourism in Vale has hit an all-time low, which has negatively been affecting Patch's economy. In an attempt to reinvigorate the industry, the tourism board decided to offer grim watching boat tours off the shore of the island. The seemingly mindless circling conducted by the Harbinger was merely a series of tests when they noticed the lighthouse combust. They abandoned their route and made haste to the shore to see if any help was needed. Vale, though I am relieved to hear that the fire had been extinguished, and the Harbinger itself was not a portent of yet another calamitous event on the horizon, I can't help but wonder if this incident is indicative of the anxieties we feel as a community. A dark shadow was seen on the horizon, and our first reaction was to set fire to the closest beacon on our own shore. It is true that there is much to fear in this world of cruelty. Certainly, there is fear to be found in the unknown, but if we are not careful, we may be, in fact, the instruments of our own destruction. However, while the lighthouse caught fire, a helping hand came from the very place we anticipated would bring our doom. It just goes to show you that there is still fear to be found in the unknown. So too is there goodness and hope. I'm quite proud of our new hire for their work in the field. Riley seems to have taken a liking to the lighthouse. We will be sure to have them provide updates if any occur. Keep looking out to that horizon, for what lies beyond may be our greatest adventure yet. Good night, Vale. Good night.